Welcome to the Blueberry Podcast, where we discuss all things GMX. I'm the GMX intern. Tano is here with me also. Hello, everybody. And there is also a guest with us today for the fourth episode. It's an Arbitrum-based project and a partner of GMX, Plutus Dow. Welcome, Big K. Hey, guys. How's it going? Thank you for having me. Yeah, good to have you on, man. Um always interesting to talk with uh, with other projects in the in the ecosystem and um yeah we asked the community uh, if they had some questions for you and um yeah i think we can just dive dive into them um so the first question is also an intro for the people that don't know plutus dao um could you explain like like i'm five <laughs> what plutus dao is yeah so Plutus, in our words, is basically the layer two governance black hole. So our primary goal is basically looking for governance tokens, you know, on Arbitrum right now that have some either current governance value or future governance value. So using uh, two current examples are we have PLS DPX and PLS Jones. Um, which both of them will have a V asset version. So there's currently VDPX, which will control a handful of things on DOPEX in the future, such as gauge emissions, different products or different assets that can be added to their platform. Um, And the same thing will go for Jones. And with uh, GLP here, we're kind of venturing into our second goal, so to speak, which is to create products that can offer users uh, greater yield. So that's kind of the the quick rundown of what our goal is with Plutus. Yeah, exactly. So basically, you want to accumulate governance um, voting power within the Arbitrum ecosystem and creating a product where where people can benefit uh, from better experience and better yield. Yep. And ultimately, all that governance power gets passed on to PLS token holders. So really, it's a way for, you know, kind of users of Arbitrum to uh, either have influence over the ecosystem if they want to use their PLS voting power for themselves, or just to benefit from the ecosystem and, you know, sell that voting power to someone else who wants to use it. Yeah. And also, I'm immediately thinking about the uh, convex and, and curve. I also think that you guys a little bit based your project uh, uh, based on that approach. Um, but what I was wondering myself is uh, why would someone bribe the governance uh, rights of the, um, for example, Dopex um, platform and, and which, which people are likely to do that, to pay money for the, for the governance rights. Yeah, you're definitely right about the similarities to Convex. And a lot of the inspiration we had from this really came from what they did. Um, so there's between DPX and Curve, there is the similarity that, uh, well, in the future, there'll be the similarity that DOPEX will have an emissions gauge that VDPX users will be able to direct so for the same reason that, you know, there's value in curve governance because you can, you know, direct those curve emissions to your pool so your stablecoin can have the necessary liquidity that it needs, uh, there will be 
a similar need with Dopex's products. And there's actually kind of a, a wide array of Dopex's products here where like with Curve, you're just uh, kind of directing emissions to uh, a liquidity pool. But Dopex will have a few different products that you can actually direct the emissions to. So just some examples, they have their standard options vaults. They have their interest rate options vault, which is an option built around the interest rate of a curve vault um, based on its curve emissions. Uh, there's uh, Atlantics that are being implemented now and more will be implemented as time goes on. So, you know, a project might want to have more liquidity for their tokens uh, options vault. So they might say, okay, we want to direct some DPX emissions to our tokens options vault. Or it might be a project that already bribes for their curve pool. And you can actually use interest rate options as a way to hedge your curve earnings. So a project could come in, bribe their curve pool. They'd have an idea of where the interest rate would be. Then they could also bribe their interest rate vault. So uh, people would want to provide liquidity to it. And then the project could basically hedge their, uh, their uh, curve pool earnings. So that's, that, that's kind of like the main reason why. But there will be you know, other reasons such as there might be a new project that wants to have their token added to Dopex's products. So they would have to, in the future, put together their a governance proposal and have that voted through. So one potential there is, you know, you put up the proposal and then you bribe PLS holders to vote it through. Um, yeah. So there's kind of two routes there. Yeah, that makes sense. So if, if another project, if they want a liquid option market for their token, they could bribe the governance um, to make a proposal um, or to gouge the emissions uh, to make the pool liquid uh, for them. Yeah, okay. Makes yep, sense. Exactly. Okay, cool. And um, f from the user perspective, why would I stake on Plutus DAO instead of the assets, um, the respective staking platforms? Yeah, so um, well, I'll take you know DPX, for example, right now. Uh, right now, if you hold DPX, there is no way that you can just single stake it and earn yield on it. You can go and deposit it into the SSOV where you're taking some risk that the price you know, might rise and you're forced to sell some of your DPX. You can alternatively deposit it on Jones for JDPX and let them manage your DPX options position. And then if the really uh, other option would be if you want to earn yield on it, would be locking your DPX token for up to four years. So Dopex recently released their VDPX staking, uh, where it, based off of Curve, where you can lock your token anywhere from like one week to four years. And the longer you lock it, the more VDPX you get. So if you lock for four years, uh, one DPX is equal to one VDPX. The less time you lock, the less VDPX you get. So really, uh, a user would want to stake on our platform because it's kind of, in theory, the only uh, 
way where they're not risking their underlying DPX tokens to get yield on it, because the only other way is kind of either, you know, providing in the LP where you might face impermanent loss, providing in the SSOV where you also might just face impermanent loss from, you know, the token price rising. Uh, so, you know, and with us, you don't have to lock your token for those four years. You can mint PLS DPX. We'll lock the token for four years. So there's actually max yield being generated there. And then we have a liquidity pool, which if you want to exit your PLS DPX, you can go and exit it from. So it's kind of a way to earn a like single staking yield on it without having to lock your token for any period of time or, you know, risk it in the SSOVs or LPs. And right now it's pretty unique is that the yield on one PLS DPX actually receives more yield than one VDPX would receive because all of our VDPX yield goes to PLS DPX stakers, but some people are providing liquidity with their PLS DPX. So that those tokens aren't actually collecting their, uh, their VDPX. It's going to all the people who are single staking. So I, I ran the numbers like the other day and like one PLS DPX earns 1.05 uh, uh, VDPX yield. So like basically 5% more yield in DPX. And then there's our bonus emissions on top. So like we have liquidity mining rewards on top, which bolster that yield even more. Um, so that's kind of the, the reason you'd want to come to Plutus. Like with all of our PLS assets, you're getting some increased yield. And we're probably in some way, depending on the token, removing some friction on the user end. Yeah, so it's, it's more easy and also more passive. And to get an increased yield plus some additional PLS um, emissions, and and yeah. it's, it's liquid, so you don't so you aren't locked for four years, but you can um, you could sell it whenever you want. Yep, exactly. And you know, thus far we've been keeping an eye on like the PLS DPX peg, and like it stayed pr pretty tight there thus far. Like you know, when it first launched, there were some people who jumped out, but since then. It's been holding within a, a, a couple percent to sometimes uh, there was actually more DPX or more PLS DPX in the pool than there was DPX. So Yeah, well, that was one of the reasons why I started staking PLS DPX because I saw that for one DPX, you got 1.05 PLS DPX, I think. So right. I thought it was very beneficial. And I'm not like the type of guy who stakes uh, tokens for four years because I, I've, I've done this before and they all gone to shit so uh, I, I think uh, a liquid staking uh, platform is, is way better yeah and four years is just uh an extremely long time whether yeah. it's the real world or crypto like i've been in crypto like actively for just about five years now which feels like a lifetime so i can't imagine having a token locked for you know four years of that time <laughs> Like one, one question regarding the pack, how do you guys keep the pack in, in order? Is it just arbitraging between the, the pairs or how, how do you do it? Yeah, thus far, you know, we incentivize the liquidity pool. So people are incentivized to go and, you know, provide their PLS DPX and pair it with DPX. So there's some deep liquidity there. Uh, as far as maintaining the peg, 
mainly has just been from users arbitraging it. And we're also planning to, you know, add something so that when a user is looking to mint, there'll be a notification that basically says, hey, you can go to the sushi pool and you'll receive a little bit more PLS DPX. Um, so those are really the two main ways and kind of primarily just relies on letting the market, you know, make the decision of what at any point in time PLS DPX should be valued at and then kind of let other people uh, come in and arbitrage it up, like, you know, bring the peg back up. There's been a lot of people in Discord who kind of talk about how they're playing the uh, the exit pools. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you talk a little bit more. So you, you guys announced, like, I think a week ago, the PLS GLP pool. Uh, can you explain a little bit what it does? And uh, because uh, what I... Um, what I normally get from this is that you guys get like the the governance tokens. Like in this example, it will be escrow GMX. But like most of the time currently, because GMX is generating so much yield, there is no escrow GMX um, emissions. So how do you guys handle this? And can you explain it a little bit? Yeah. So um, yeah, like GLP is kind of our first product that isn't a governance token in itself. But you kind of touched on why we're going after it in that, you know, there is that ESGMX, which we can capture, which, you know, aligns with the uh, accumulating governance tokens. Now, with users uh, and, you know, when when the when the ETH APR goes up high enough and the ESGMX rewards stop flowing uh, on, on our product, then it will still function exactly the same. So. The, the same PLS rewards will flow, the same fees will flow. Uh, you know, when, when the ESGMX AP, APR isn't there, uh, really on our side, we just won't be getting to collect that ESGMX. And part of the reason, you know, we part of the value we see in the product is that for the like average retail crypto user, uh, they probably usually only have, you know, maybe like a few thousand staked here and there. So, you know, if, if someone's staking a few thousand in GLP, the ESGMX rewards just don't amount up to a lot for them. And it can, you know, we, we've heard a lot of users just kind of like, we'll write it off. Mm-hmm. So we kind of see the opportunity here of, you know, like uh, a smaller user can come put it you know, use PLV GLP, the Plutus Vault GLP, and they can, you know, get slightly increased emissions uh, and not have to deal with the ESGMX side of things at all. And for us, it, you know, benefits us because like we want that ESGMX governance. Um, so yeah, like when, when it's, you know, when, when the ETH APR is really high, we just don't get to, you know, collect as much of that ESGMX governance. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how that side of things will work. It's interesting. And I, I had one question regarding the um, GOP pool. Um, because I noticed that there was like a 2% liquidation fee. And I was wondering why um, that fee was implemented. Yeah. So the reason we put that fee there is because we're putting PLS emissions on top of it. And our thought is basically this, Um, 
you know, crypto has a lot of mercenary liquidity where people will just jump, provide liquidity to uh, farm and dump. And yeah. with there being no exit fee there, someone could come enter PLV GLP for three days a week, uh, just, you know, dump everything and then exit the pool where no one really benefits from anything there. You know, Plutus doesn't really get any benefit. Uh, GMX doesn't get much benefit because that liquidity was only in the pool for, you know, days or a couple weeks. So we see the fee as really a way of disincentivizing mercenary liquidity and as a way for us to kind of target people who have a like longer term plan to stake GLP because uh, we, yeah, we, we just don't want users coming in farming and dumping it totally because with the fee, uh, mercenary capital would basically have to look at it as, okay, it's going to take me, you know, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever, to earn enough yield that it makes up for the fee. So ideally, they just at that point, you know, move on, look for their next uh, yield source, because a lot of times they don't want to, you know, plan to spend like one or two months in, in a vault to really see, realize their yield value. Whereas someone who already has the plan of like, hey, I'm going to be staking GLP for the next six months, one year, or just indefinitely, then that exit fee kind of becomes inconsequential because by the time that user plans to exit, it's like, oh, that's just a really small percentage of the yield I've been able to rack up. And on the user end, they, again, they kind of benefit because we're removing the aspect of this ESGMX, which is a locked token that most users don't get to like realize the value on, at least immediately. It would take a year to, you know, vest it fully. Uh, whereas now, you know, they get the PLS token, which they can, you know, is liquid immediately. They can use it within the platform to control governance or whatever. So like we think that there's some value there that users are getting that, you know, justify the fee. And also it kind of works to keep mercenary capital out. So like ideally it just brings in longer term stickier capital. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a measure to to attract sticky cap capital and protect you against mercenary capital. And like you said, if you are staking six months anyways, it's, it's a relative a small fee for the staker. And I guess the, um, the GOP pool also auto compounds. So you guys compound um, the rewards or how does it work exactly? Yeah, so the rewards will be auto compounded and also, you know, the ESGMX multiplier points will just also keep on building up in there too. Yeah. So the way that the product will work is it'll uh, kind of be like an, be like an index. So you'll mint one PLV GLP that will auto compound and over time you will effectively just have more PLV GLP. So it'll take the ETH rewards, compound them back into it. And so then you'll have, you know, 1.001 PLV GLP. And then, you know, the next day you'll have 1.003, yeah. uh, the next, you know, so on and so forth. So it'll uh, auto compound in that manner. And then the PLS rewards, you'll just be able to claim. And then on the back end, the ESGMX rewards just stay inside of the contract itself. Uh, and, you know, again, 
the multiplier points there, keep building up and that, yeah. So that's kind of how it will work internally. Yeah. That, that the SQL GMX will boost the, the whole pool. So right. it stays there and increases the yield of everyone. Yeah. And while like this hasn't, you know, this isn't necessarily a promise or been entirely worked out yet, but you know, the, we, we know the ESGMX rewards will eventually come to an end. And when that time comes, we will likely look at kind of reorganizing things with the PLV GLP vault, such as, you know, possibly like adjusting the exit fee um, or the emissions to it. So like, the, the the 2% exit fee is really something that's, you know, we, we see as like a, a necessity for when we launch the product, yeah. but, you know, over time, it doesn't necessarily have to stay at that, you know, 2% level. And one thing that we're working on with PLV GLP is like, we, we were looking at GLP and we thought it was weird that like more projects weren't building off of it just because of like, when it comes to crypto assets, GLP has like a really low beta level. So like its price isn't swinging wildly. And it also generates like a lot of real yield on it, as we all know. So we, we kind of, you know, thought to ourselves, like part of the reason it might not be getting built on top of as much is because like all these projects look at this ESGMX and they're just kind of like, like, I don't know what we really want to do with it. I don't know how we're going to like recuperate users and like for us keeping it and them not getting it. Um, so, and so on and so forth. So we kind of see like PLV GLP as something that can be like a lower building block that other projects can build on top of. And also there's like the benefit of, you know, as PLV GLP accrues more ESGMX. And as that, you know, the multiplier points build up, it can actually become an even more powerful version of GLP that can be built on top of. So, you know, like one of our things with PLV GLP isn't for it just to stop here where it's like, hey, come and stake it. Uh, like we're actively working on like business development and product development to get PLV GLP used in other areas for other use cases. You know, you, there's like a handful you could imagine like lending against it or like looping with it um, or, you know, all, you know, using, using the yield from it to like develop a protected principal product. Like there's a lot of things that other projects can do on top of GLP and we're hoping that this PLV GLP can kind of uh, push some projects to build on top of this since they haven't, you know, gone after GLP yet. So that, like, that's kind of our goal with it is to, you know, keep on growing it, growing the use cases from here. Yeah, that, that's, that's really cool. I, to be honest, I didn't really thought about it that way, but um Indeed, if you're building structured products where you will use the yield of GOP to open long or short, it's maybe even better to use PLS GOP because you don't have to handle the um, ES GMX uh, situation. So it's more easy to implement um, other, pro other products on top of GOP. Yeah, that, that's, that's really cool, man. That's, that's really great to hear. 
Yeah. And it's, it's just symbiotic for us too, because it's like, we ultimately want, you know, getting ESGMX is good. It fits into the, our, our narrative of trying to like acquire, uh, tokens with governance powers like it fits there for us too and it also kind of is something that can benefit and you know strengthen the entire arbitrum ecosystem just make it more robust in general yeah yeah so that that will lead to the next question um will the voting power which gets gathered by stacking um esgmx uh will the be uh, will the voting power be used and what proposals will you want to make on GMX? Yep. So ultimately, the voting power from the ESGMX will be used and passed on to PLS holders when that time comes. Uh, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a proposal that we you know, have in mind and want to make right now. I, the thing that we really want to do is make it possible so that when a proposal is made, uh, PLS holders can you know have some influence on that proposal, or you know somebody who already holds PLS can make a proposal on GMX and then vote on it with their PLS using the GMX voting power that it controls. So yeah, there's not something like specifically where we're saying, oh, we want to go get. ESGMX so that we can make this proposal to GMX and then contribute to pushing it through. We really just want to, we want to give users the option to use PLS for voting on their, on, on any GMX proposals though. And like they're in the future, you know, as GMX releases, you know, you guys release more of your stuff, like synthetics and whatnot. I'm sure that, you know, more and more, uses or possible proposals will pop up for GMX. So like our goal with Plutus and what we've done so far has kind of been front running the the use of governance. You know, Dopex and Jones have, haven't released their, their governance uh, mechanisms yet, but we're here acquiring those tokens. Uh, so the same thing kind of goes, you know, for GMX, like we're, it's, this is also kind of like front running uh, all the potential governance there is for GMX. Yes, so, you are, you are speculating that the governance rights are, are worth more in the future and you are front running and accumulating the governance power, really. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You guys, uh, like uh, in the beginning of the, the podcast, you guys already talked about like your partnership with Dopex and why you're actually um, getting as much Dopex as possible. Do you also have a partnership with, with Jones? Can you explain a little bit more how what, uh, what the partnership with Jones holds and what you guys are doing there? Yep, of course. So when we were think coming up with the idea for Plutus, how it would work, what we were going to do, uh, Jones just kind of for us made sense to include. We at that point already knew enough about Jones roadmap to know that there's going to be some V Jones governance, that there's going to be gauge emissions that V Jones controls, and there are going to be some similar overlapping like governance decisions with, with Jones and Dopex, where you know on Dopex a project can vote to add their token. Uh, and, you know, on Jones, the idea is like a project will be able to vote and add their own token. 
so in that sense, they, there's some overlap there. And like the ecosystems themselves are just entirely overlapped. Like, you know, Jones is built directly on top of Dopex. So we kind of saw that there was a symbiotic relationship there of, you know, why just get Dopex when we can also get Jones, which is the options management platform on top mm -hmm. of Dopex. So we saw, we think, you know, it just made sense to go after and get both of them. So in that sense, the, you know, partnership relationship with Jones and Dopex both work very similarly. Uh, you know, for both projects, you know, before we released anything, you know, we passed along our code to them and got input from them just to, you know, make sure, hey, is this the best way we do this or that, mm -hmm. um, you know, got, you know, thumbs up there, of course. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how both of the partnerships have have carried out, like on the day to day. There's not much that needs to be done between, you know, like us and Jones or us and Dopex. It's kind of for the the bigger picture things where we come to like discuss, um, you know, when Dopex released VDPX, there was a lot of back and forth communication in that time. And then, you know, in the future, there'll be a lot more, you know, as Jones releases V Jones and then as the actual, you know, governance modules get set up. So like when Dopex starts planning to open up their gauges, uh, that, that's kind of where, where like the partnerships and the relationships come in handy the most, just being able to, you know, plan around those things, go back and forth and have a plan together of how to actually implement it all. And like, I checked the, your, your, your guy's site, like you guys already have like 12% of like the Dopex in circulation and also like around 11% of Jones right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right on. I think, yeah, it's something 12 point something percent of uh, the Dopex circulating supply. And that actually comes out to about 53% of all VDPX. So right Ooh, now, okay. you know, we, we've already managed to capture at, at the current time, the majority of VDPX voting power. Of course, there's nothing to vote on yet. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, you know, when, when it comes time to vote, that percentage I'm sure will change as more people mint PLS, DPX and VDPX. Um, and then, you know, the, the same thing will kind of take place for Jones, I'm sure. What is the timeline on the, on the governance of Dopex? Do you have any estimation when it will go live? Uh, no, you know, they haven't given us like, you know, we, we really don't get dates of like, hey, we're planning this for this day. So when it comes to that alpha, you know, just going through TZ's Discord and Twitter is, you know, you, you know, just as much as me. I know that uh, TZ Binance tweeted something out about September 9th, October 10th, November 11th and mm -hmm. December yeah. 12th. I don't know what's planned for any of those days. You know, maybe governance is is one of the, or the gauge. I don't know what, but yeah, we don't have that insight to know like, okay, like, you know, let's be ready in two and a half months to make sure we're ready for the Dopex governance or the Jones governance. Well, maybe it's just a, a shit post and uh, nothing happens on these days. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, we we'll wait and see. Um, 
I guess we are going to the last question. Um, and that's, yeah, what are the upcoming plans regarding the co collaboration with, uh, with GMX? So we, we did touch on how ESGMX aligns with Plutus's goal of acquiring, you know, governance on layer two on Arbitrum. Uh, I would, without dropping too much alpha, say that we want to acquire, you know, more GMX governance power and maybe something to think about. But, you know, I, I've thought about this product idea where I'll kind of lay out the, uh, the basis behind it. You know, let, let's say you're a user who's been staking your GMX for a few months. You know, you've built up your multiplier points, so you're earning a bit of a premium on your APR. And then something like, you know, the, the top five crypto lenders get liquidated price crashes. And for whatever reason, <laughs> you have to sell your GMX to cover some real life expense, whatever it is. So you want to stake your GMX and you lose all your multiplier points. And then in a few months you buy more GMX, you go stake it and you start over from zero. So I'd say there's probably some merit for a product that, uh, permanently stakes the GMX and maybe gives the user a liquid wrapper on top of that. So the multiplier points underneath are always building up forever. A user could enter and exit. And when they exit, they don't lose their multiplier points because the underlying GMX is still staked. And when they re-enter, they get to enter with some multiplier points already. So, you know, Ooh, okay. there, there, there might be some merit in that, not saying anyone's doing it or thinking about it, but you know, <laughs> we, we want more, more GMX tokens. That, Big that, that does make sense. And what about the, yeah, I don't know if you can share it, but what about the governance rights? Because like GMX does has little, uh, less obvious governance rights. So are you still going to bribe them or how do you think about it? Um, yeah, so yeah, you're definitely right. GMX has a little bit less governance rights, you know, especially right now. So it would sort of be, you know, just even with the ES GMX in general that we're getting, uh, it is sort of a bet in general that there will be some value to that es gmx or just you know gmx governance in general or that uh you know a bet on gmx governance becoming more robust over time uh you know so like having more options to you know do something with that governance uh you know as far as bribes i think it'd come down more to just like what somebody in the market deems is bribable. So, you know, there are some things that, you know, I don't know yet, but I'll just, you know, take an example. Maybe to, with, with GMX and synths coming, maybe if you want to add a to your token as, you know, like a, like a synthetic future or whatever, you have to put a governance vote through GMX. You know, yeah. potentially, I'm not saying that's what it is or how it will work, but yeah, sounds sounds possible. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know, it, it's kind of a bet on that GMX governance, uh, or or if you already see value in it, you either already see value in it, or it's a bet on that governance becoming more impactful over time. 
that's kind of the camp I'm in where like, I just think uh, as DeFi in general matures, I think the governance aspect around all projects will get more refined uh, and more important. So that's just kind of like my general thesis and kind of Plutus's general thesis when it comes to governance in general, just that, you know, as time goes on, it'll get more and more important and valuable. And that's kind of been why like our thesis has been like, yeah, if we see something with potential, let's just front run it. Uh, it worked, it's worked out really well with us for Dopex. You know, we front run, we front ran their VDPX, their VDPX is out now and we hold the majority of the VDPX supply. So, you know, our goal is to just kind of continually look for those tokens that have potential and just go for it. All right. Like one more small question from my, my side. How is it actually like for you guys to work with all the Arbitrum people and more specifically like GMX? How how does it work? Is it is it like really easy to to set up like meetings with everybody and to just discuss uh, new ideas? How does it actually uh, work? Yeah, I'll just say in general, it is uh, extremely just fun and rewarding collaborating with other projects. You know, we reached out to GMX maybe a month or two ago. I'm not sure the exact date. And this also goes for every project we've kind of encountered on Arbitrum is that every project is really eager to hear how there may be some symbiotic relationship they can form with another project. We haven't really run into something like where we wanted to talk to a project or, you know, float something by them, work out ideas. And they just said, oh, no, leave us alone. Every project has really just been like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, it usually starts, we'll hop in like a Discord or a Telegram. We'll kind of give a back and forth brief rundown. And then it usually just naturally transpires into like, okay, let's set up a, a Google Meet uh, for some time and discuss it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been really easy and just... Like every project on Arbitrum that we've talked to has been very eager to, you know, work on collaborations and with seemingly everybody. Like, you know, we'll be talking to one team and they'll be like, oh, yeah, we're talking to this team about this. And we'll mm -hmm. be like, oh, that's cool. Like, we're also talking to that team about this. So the, the Arbitrum ecosystem I've seen is just very well meshed together and more so than I've seen like on L1 where things seemed a little bit more like partitioned. But on Arbitrum, it's like a lot of people who have been uh, eager to build and want to get after it now while like Arbitrum is still small. So like every day, every project really is, uh, you know, kind of making the whole ecosystem more robust. Yeah, I yeah. Totally, totally agree. The Arbitrum ecosystem is really based. It's uh, <laughs> It's amazing to see. Yeah, just like I wanted to also say that Arbitrum, the Arbitrum family seems like very, very collaborative with all the other projects. I mean, it, it was a small space in the beginning and now it's getting bigger and bigger. And you see like every Arbitrum project uh, doing projects with uh, doing partnerships or collaborations with another at some point. So, yeah. All right. Big K, uh, do you have any other things to say because uh, the community questions uh, we have all asked them and you respond them very well so are there any end credits you want to say 
Uh, you know, of course, thank you guys for having me on to talk about Plutus and our product we're building off a of GLP. And I would probably just add that uh, we're really excited to, you know, keep building with all the Arbitrum teams. And we see a lot of, uh, you know, like where we have this thing going with DopeX. Uh, GM, I know Dopex and GMX are working on like a liquidation insurance product. Uh, so it's just really cool to kind of see like, you know, this, this kind of chain where like, you know, three or four different projects will all be working with each other, uh, in a different way. We're like, we're working with Dopex, you're working with Dopex. And then, you know, we're over here working with you on something separately. Um, so yeah, I think it's just that like, this is it. This that that same thing is happening with like projects all across Arbitrum, where it's just kind of this chain of like interconnected uh, success. So you know, I'd, I'd I'd say that like let's just hope for more uh, interconnected success on Arbitrum. It's actually a very nice way to say it: inter interconnected success. All right, uh, intern. Do you have any more questions? No, no, not really. I'm I'm quite impressed. Really looking forward to the. PLS GMX um, fault. So uh, we'll see. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Big K. Yep. Thanks for having me again. I also want to have a big shout out to Meski for setting all of this up. So thank you, Big K. Thank you, Meski, for uh, coming over. Yeah. Big shout out to Meski and the rest of the Plutus team, too. Yeah. Shout out to Plutus team. All right, guys. Uh, let's wrap it up. Thank you guys again. Thank you guys for coming and see you next time. Have a good one.